clear record. No. And we're recording. Welcome to Crawley and Draga Center Retention Sessions podcast. It is 6.30 in the morning here in Australia and it is much more respectable in Canada where Mark is. Yes. And we've got a bit of a special conversation to have today. Um, I flagged this idea with Mark and we're going to give this a shot. We're going to talk about how some of the bushfire affected business um, businesses in the, the communities affected by fire um, might go about starting from scratch with rebuilding their brand awareness and just their online presence now that the media attention of the bushfires is starting to die down. Even though they're still raging, let's not forget, there are still fires in Australia as we speak. So it's going to be sort of like a little bit of an exploratory conversation, I think, because, of course, I don't have any concrete examples. I've got a couple of little snippet of examples of stories that I've heard. Um, so I'll tell you one. So I, I heard a story of a coffee shop owner who, um, during the height of, of all of the fires, was talking to the media about how her staff couldn't get to her. And so she was having to do all the things, all of the hours, worried about her own kids, all of that stuff, but trying desperately to keep her doors open because, of course, she needed revenue to pay for all the things and was having to do that solo. And, I, and it really captured my imagination because I know how exhausting it is at the best of times in business. But when you've also got a bushfire on your back door and you're worried about your staff and whether or not they're safe and your friends and your family... So that was one. And I think the other thing too is we've got the height of the tourism season and the bushfire-affected communities are tourist, mostly tourist towns. So they're mostly beachside towns that have been cut off. Malakuta's doors, are, um, their road only just got reopened this week. Um, so these are tourist towns that their most profitable time of year has been cut off by fire. So, Mark, over to you. If you were starting from scratch, wanting the, wanting the rest of the public to know that you existed and wanting the people to come and spend their money with your business in your community, where would you start? Well, so my, the first thing that comes to mind is you were describing everything and I'm trying to imagine myself in the situation where I have this catastrophic event that's affecting my business. <clears throat> A few things come to mind and some of them are actually very operational. So first, I don't know if you have it in Australia, but here we have something called business interruption insurance and oh, yeah. business interruption insurance covers your revenue and profitability during a major interruption. And so I don't keep a ton of it. I don't know what I keep 80 grand or a hundred grand or something like that. So it's not a lot of it, but if my business was interrupted for a catastrophic event, mm. the idea behind this insurance is you at least have some revenue coming in from the insurance company to help yeah, cover cool. you so you're not on the edge first. Second, uh, when your expenses drop, or sorry, when your revenue drops, your expenses drop too. So for those of us entrepreneurs who are looking to grow businesses, we always think in terms of growth, right? More expenses, more, 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 more. You know, we've recently in the last three months gone through a bit of a planned shrinkage. And what I didn't yeah. even think about or care for was when my revenue dropped, my expenses dropped in line. And so the cash flow, the cash flow runway projections we were doing, we were doing them really, really focused on how much money we spent. And then suddenly now this cash goes so much further because we actually cut a lot of expenses out as well. 
And then the last thing is you're all in this together. So mm. if I were affected by this in my business, you better believe I'd be going to my landlord and saying, hey, would you rather have an empty you know, office, an empty retail storefront, an empty main street with no one here and no one coming to lease this? Or should we work together to get through this? Mm. Should we figure something out? Because I don't have any money right now. I don't have any customers right now. Are you going to kick me out so you can have this space completely empty? Or what can we do? Because we're all mm. in this together. That landlord who owns the building or, or the people who are your suppliers or your vendors, they are just as effective as you are. And most of us as entrepreneurs or business owners think we have to take it all on the chin. And so there's a whole food chain of people who are affected by this above and below you. And so I would be looking to like, just say, this is, this is what we're facing. We're, we're in it right now. And maybe mm. the landlord says, no, I'd rather have an empty space, but mm. I don't think so. You know, I think these are people who are just as affected by it. And, and the thought of them losing, you know, an entire main street or an entire building suddenly throws off their ability to keep the building throws off their long-term rental abilities, throws off their projections for what they can afford. Then now they're defaulting. So this is like serious stuff and you're not alone in this, you know, you're in this together. So those are the first places I think of even before I start thinking of marketing or getting more sales or spending more money or trying more things. It's, it's like, how do we get a little bit protective and how do we tighten up things so that way we can get through the next six months or nine months or a year. And the last thing I'll say is, you know, I started my business in 2006. Uh, maybe in Australia, you didn't have this. We had this thing called the recession. I don't know. I don't know how greatly <laughs> we were affected by it. But, you know, um, mm, we, mm. You know I, I, my wife and I bought our first home four months before the recession hit and, mm. and had a, a, a mortgage with giant interest rates because they hadn't dropped yet. And then there's this thing called the recession hit. And one thing that I took comfort in as we went through it was the story that someone had randomly told me about GM. There was a year that GM lost General Motors, big international company. Yep. They lost something like $30 billion in a year, which is just like an astronomical amount of money to lose. But they had like $100 billion on hand or something. Maybe these numbers are off, but proportionally that was the response. So the answer was they lost an incredible amount of money but they had a lot of money on hand. Now, if you're tight and living paycheck to paycheck, maybe this is hard, but in essence, what it means is I can get through three months. I can get through six months. I can get through nine months. This is not the next five years of your life. This is not the next 10 years of your life. This is like, how do we get through right now? Because we're going to find a new normal. We're going to, you know, things will slowly come back. They will return. So just how do we get through this period so that way we can be there on the other side stronger than we were before. Yeah. I think, I think that whole idea of regeneration is a really important one. When we're talking about fire and we look to nature and the Australian bush is an, a classic example of, of regeneration and regrowth. You know, we have, um, you know, we have native plants that only seed when they've been burnt by fire you know, like they've adapted to our conditions so much. I mean, these fires are far in excess of a normal bushfire. These fires are completely a whole new ball game. But what I, what I like about the practical, and it reminded me, reminded me of a couple of things that I'm aware of, and there's much more that I'm not aware of. But um, so, yes, I have, um, what's it called, business expenses insurance. 
and there's also director's insurance. So there's a couple of insurances that people might already have that they you know could tap into, and um, but also this is let's think for next time. You know, let's think for for next time something like this happens in your business or using these bushfires as a warning to new business owners to think ahead to unexpected situations and circumstances. But also currently um, there is small business um, grants available through the government. Um, I think some of the major banks, um, the ANZ is um, one that I'm aware of, um, has some support for small business. So it's really important to just, as you say, think about the practical and the operational. Where is there some support? There's been a lot of money raised. A lot of money, a lot of money, like a ridiculous amount of money has been raised. And thank you to everyone all around the world who's like thrown money at this situation because that's actually what's been needed is money. Um, and there's some disgruntlement about people getting access to that money in a fast enough fashion um, right. and a little bit of controversy around that. Sadly, there have been some people putting in bogus claims. So that's actually resulted in wheels turning a little bit slower in terms of allocating funds from some of the major charities. But at the end of the day, for people who need help, there are services on the ground and support on the ground in most places, in most places. Um, but I saw a beautiful photograph posted by um, one of um, Kaya Wilderness Tours, is a, um, a tourism operator in Eden, in New South Wales. And I was having a, little quick, a quick little look at their Facebook page yesterday. I was in touch with them yesterday. Beautiful photograph of, um, despite the intensity of the fires they had, already there's some regrowth starting to show through. Um, so, you know, I think we need to sometimes look to hope and positivity and where can we find sources for that as well. Okay, so what about people raising their profile? So if we think about towns like Eden and Malakuta, tourism towns that have been gutted financially through the basically so our major school holiday period our six-week annual school holiday period has just ended and now mm -hmm. Malakuta's road is open so the school holidays have been and gone Malakuta's mm -hmm. lost the entire school holiday period for their major and they're just one example for their major income period of the year how do those businesses how would you recommend those businesses start enticing people for day trips and weekend trips and long weekends and come anyway how do people how would you get them letting people know they exist and what they offer mm -hmm. yeah so it's funny when things are bad when things go wrong when they're terrible it forces you to do things that you probably should have been doing all along yeah. right so now things are bad things are terrible they've lost this opportunity there's two plays you could do right people could you know, and, and I think you've maybe alluded to this a little bit, but you could play on the sentiment of, oh, you know, our town, you know, is hard and please come and help. And that, and, and people may respond out of pity or out of a sense of charity, but that's very short lived. Mm. We can't ignore that. We got to give people a reason to go there, right? We have to give people a reason to go there. And so if it's the entire town or if it's launching a new festival or if it's, um, if it's running a sale, you know, a fire sale, and you want to get a little bit more playful, um, maybe too soon. But, uh, you know, you have to give people, like, the only thing that I can think of is you still have to give people a reason to come there because they will not come there for any other reason. So depending yeah. on your business, depending on your town, depending on how you're affected, 
you do not have to wait as a business owner for you know your business group or your local this or your local that to step up and do mm-hmm. something so this might be a cultural thing you know like i grew up in a smaller town and one of the big things that that has really taken over are, are two things we have a national holiday canada day where we celebrate our independence and we do fireworks and it the town just shuts everything down it's this great big thing and the second thing that is brand new that my brother-in-law actually started running a few years ago through the rotary is this thing called rib fest and rib fest has actually turned into something bigger than the national holiday because there's a lot of beer there's uh, a lot of ribs there's live music it's a four-day event in this little town that only has six thousand people they shut everything down and so uh you know if you are a store owner or a shop owner or you run a practice, uh, if the people are still there, then you still have your people. Mm-hmm. But if you're talking about a tourist town where people come in from holiday or they, they come to do it, you need to give them a reason to come there. Otherwise, yep. they won't come. This is true. So um, I mentioned to you before we started recording, there's a little movement that I think is gaining momentum. There's two two going on at the moment. One is um, spend with them, which is encouraging people to buy online from artisans and creators and makers and other businesses um, in these affected areas, and trying to gather, I guess, uh, enough people on their little platform so that people know to go to the spend with them. Facebook page or whatever it is. Um, and the other one is the empty, go with an empty esky. So for those non-Australians listening, an esky is like a little portable beer cooler that you take on your picnic with you. And um, so go with an empty esky. So go on a road trip, go and visit these towns with an empty esky and buy produce and wines and cheeses and things like that from these affected areas. Um, I love the idea behind these movements. And what I've noticed, though, is that um, it's been really slow going for the people behind these movements to get enough uh, businesses registered, if that's the right word. Um, so, so it's like, where do you start? How do you gather together all of the business? I mean, this, these fires have affected so many communities and therefore so many businesses and therefore so many producers and all of the growers in outlying areas and as you say you know the big chain of of um of other people affected directly and indirectly where do you start in gathering all those people in one place online to get them noticed so i think the thing you said right at the start there was we start doing the things we should have been doing all along and so this is an opportunity i think a really great opportunity for all of these businesses in these areas to really have a look at what they're doing with their social media presence, with their marketing, with their website, with their email lists, all of that stuff to let people know that they exist and that they're there and that they're still there and they're open for business. I think that's a big thing. I know living here in Melbourne, in the CBD of Melbourne, you know, I feel very much in this two minds thing. So Malakuta's, the road to Malakuta has opened. Should I pack up the kids this weekend and go scooting down to Malakuta straight away and try and spend as much money as I can? Or should I give them some time? Like, do they need to gather their own resources? I don't know the answer to that question. You know, and, why, and people don't why know the answer. You, why, are you so, um, why are you so affected or taken by this specific kind of cause, a specific story? Obviously, it's ever-present in Australia. 
you work with business owners, you feel their plight, you feel bad for them. But is, is it just that or is there something deeper to why this uh, is bothering you so much? I think it's bothering everybody. So in Australia, there's a real feeling at the moment that we all got ripped off for our summer holidays. And that sounds really trite and first world problem-ish. But what I mean by that is that the fires were so catastrophic and so big and so uncontrollable and they captured the whole country's attention also because from a political standpoint, our leaders were not, um, they were not prepared. They were on holidays. You know, they were a little slow in their responses. There were some people who rose to the surface who were absolute leaders and they were unexpected leaders. So, um, you know, comedian Celeste Barber raised a squillion gazillion dollars accidentally <clears throat> online. Um, and um, the head of the Rural Firefighting Service rose, and this is a, that's a volunteer firefighting service, but the head of that, yeah, he rose as a real leader in this situation. Um, and people were going back to work. And I mentioned this a few times online because I noticed it in myself, but I noticed it in all of my business coaching clients. Everybody was going back to work feeling they weren't rested because everybody was just bombarded all summer long with this catastrophe. Even here in Melbourne, the fires weren't really close to us. But here in Melbourne, the smoke got so intense that people were having to buy the special masks with the little knobs on the front to filter out fire particles, smoke particles. So everybody really felt directly impacted and exhausted by the time they were ready to go back to work. So it, it has been an incredibly unusual um, event but in that sense. I, I, guess, I guess what I'm, I'm, I'm wondering with the conversation here is, are, are are we trying to are we trying to help the 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 small you know the small business owner the entrepreneur the shopkeeper the or are we trying to help the town or the or the or or, or culture or look or I, think, I think in general or what? yeah there's there's a whole there's a lot of layers so I have lived in uh, very small coastal rural communities I re I started a psychology I have a psychology practice in Tasmania but I started an outreach service to that based in a small fishing town in Tasmania called Orford and um, Triabunna next to Orford and um, I ended up moving my family there for three years while we built that practice and that's still going six years later that's still going obviously I'm not there anymore but it's still the service is still there um, and we had fires during the times that I was living there and there was a couple of occasions where we were cut off you know, there was no way in or out of the town. So, so personally, I do get the feeling of being in a town and knowing what that feels like. Everybody is just holding their breath, waiting to know what's going to happen next, I guess. Um, but I do also have, I have a mentoring client, um, business coaching client based in one of these towns. And even as recently as last week, they had another catastrophic fire alert they had three fire fronts that were going to that were predicted to converge and potentially wipe out the town now she's trying to run a psychology practice in that town and support her community directly through mental health support plus run a business plus pay her staff you know do all those things meanwhile she's got mattresses on the floor in her office as an evacuation center for her family because her house was in an area of town that was at risk but her, her business office wasn't 
you know, so the realness of it and the directness of it has really, you know, it's in my face. It's, it's, mm -hmm. it's absolutely in my face. So are we trying to help individuals? Are we trying to help businesses? I've thought long and hard about this because uh, as a psychologist, I know there's a lot of um, mental health professionals in Australia. There was a flurry of people wanting to rush and help. And my advice to other mental health professionals, you know, having gone through um, catastrophic fires in Tasmania in 2013, um, my advice was it's fine that you want to help, but while they're in emergency management mode, that's not the time that you're needed. There are other services that are skilled with emergency management. Let them do their job. Um, by all means, let people know you're available, whether it's online or whatever, but don't go rushing in. That's not where you're needed now. Um, and for me personally, as a psychologist, I felt that pull. I felt a little bit of guilt that I wasn't offering to treat all the things. Um, so I actually spent quite a bit of time thinking about what can I do that's actually of most benefit and that's when it occurred to me well okay I'm a, yes I'm a psychologist I can't treat all the people I can rally other psychologists and support them to treat the people but business coaching is my my thing now and that's where I feel that I can be the most help and so for me yeah it's about getting out there and supporting those businesses and helping them feel that they're not alone and helping even if it's, you know, community to community, let's bring some of those business owners together across communities so that they can share experiences and build a bit of a network. And so one of the things I'm thinking of, uh, one of the things I want to do is launch a coaching group, obviously it's free, but a coaching group for business owners in those areas. And, and I'm That's right great. at the beginning stage of, of getting that together. Mm. So you can just do a group call, right? Yeah, I'm thinking something like that, you know, a bit of a Facebook group, closed Facebook group, yeah. a bit of community support within the group, um, yeah. you know, group face, um, Zoom calls. I don't know. I'm making this up as I go along because I haven't actually started it yet. Um, and, I, and I've got no idea what the level of interest and uptake will be, but that's something that I can offer. Plus, yeah, I can throw the kids in the car and we can go to Malacuta or we can go to Falls Creek or if we, you know, I've been invited to go to Eden and talk to business owners up there, you know, I can do what? those things. Yeah, I can. Which I can more? do those things. But <laughs> you're so bossy. Uh, yeah. So I'm, not yeah bossy. I'm, there saying, is... I'm saying you're saying you could do these things. You want to do these uh, absolutely. things. Yeah, that's awesome. Road absolutely trip. can. I know. So yeah, and there is a possibility. I'm actually my husband's due to walk in the door from Hobart any minute. Um and it's a conversation we'll be having today. So But especially yeah. especially if your heart tells you that these people might need your help. Um, what mm. better way to know the exact situation than to go yeah. there and talk to some people and be there. And then, you know, Monday launch yeah. your group and, and away you go. Away you go. I think there's also the, 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 you're hosing myself down a little bit and saying, hang on a minute. Nobody wants a white knight, you know, on a, on a, you know, on a white horse riding into town to rescue everybody. You know, nobody wants that kind of mentality marching into town thinking they're going to save everyone. So, you know, there's some respect there that also needs to be shown that this, these communities are intensely resilient and they're strong and they will support each other in ways that other people won't get because they're not from yes. those so, towns. So would, it's all that stuff. Never, you would never put yourself in the position where you came across no. that way anyway. No, no, so you're worrying about something that's not real. True. True. Caught me. <laughs> Well, you wouldn't allow yourself to come in like in the right because yeah, yeah. your your whole your yeah. whole role is to help in, enable people to come to their own conclusions, to figure out their own things, to overcome their own challenges. Mm. You don't yeah. come in and just save people, right? Yeah, 
No, this is true. This is true. All right. So let's talk about then people in communities that are, you know, you're talking tourism operators. We're talking, talking um, you know, what breaks my heart is, um, and I've seen this in Tasmania after the fires, um, several fires uh, along the east. So where I lived when I was living in the country in Tasmania um, was on the east coast of Tasmania and um, wine region. So I know what happens. You know, you have a bushfire, grapes get smoke affected and yep. um, there's a whole vintage gone. You know, it's yep. heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. Um, and uh, I remember one of my favourite Tasmanian uh, wine producers lost a vintage and, uh, and I said to him, what did you do with them? And he said, look, they were drinkable, but they were nowhere near the standard that we would um, feel comfortable putting our label on. So yeah. they put, put them out of the clean skin and sold them off at, um, you know, wine, you know, you know, those big wine retailers. For, yeah. you know sold them for a song to these big wine retailers and so at least they got something out of it but it was also the blow to their pride and the blow to their their legacy but there's a year missing in their mm-hmm. you know when they when they when they look at the collection of labels and all the vintages they've produced there's a year missing because it's fire um so we've yeah. got certainly we've got fire affected potentially fire affected grapes you know it's in the middle of grape ripening but wouldn't, but wouldn't you want to say if you were that if you were that uh, winerier, winerier, Winer- if you were yeah. the owner of that winery, wouldn't wouldn't you want to look at Vignon? that hole? Wouldn't you want to look at that hole in all of your years and go, "That was the year of the fire, but that was also the year that I did." Yeah. Yeah. What? What? Yeah. What? Like, sorry, I'm just. I've got someone interrupting me. Sorry, Hen. No, um. Look, yeah, you would. You would in time. We would in time, but I think there's also that immediate moment of having, you know, it, it's, it's, you know, each, for a wine grower, each vintage is a baby. It's a new baby and they, they put all these hopes into it and they've got all of these, you know, the, the weather conditions, everything affects how the grapes produce. And so each vintage has something special about it. And so, of course, it's that thing of having hopes dashed and so on. Sure. So, yeah. Mm. So, so, here's, so here's, I guess, what I'm thinking. One, now's a great time. I've just had this whole thing happen. We're all in yeah. this together. Yeah. I, am I on a hamster wheel? Do I even like what I'm doing? Did I find myself here? And now is the time to literally just be able to pull the ripcord and say, yeah, I'm finally free. Yeah. I have an excuse and a reason not to do this anymore. That would be the first thing I would check. Do you really want this? Do you still want it? If that's, the, if that's first. Second, especially people who are in uh, uh, any kind of healthcare or giving type role, do not wait. The market will not come to you. Do not be mm. passive. You are not being selfish to put a stake in the mm. ground and say, mm. you know, don't wait for someone else to rise up to create the tourism thing or whatever it might be to make it happen. If you want this and it's at risk, then do whatever you have to do and you be the leader, you be the one to step up. You said the leaders who stepped up came from unlikely places. Mm. Well, great, now it's your chance to be the one or in 10 years you can look back and say, I was the one who made that happen. And I was on a path to go this way and then this thing happened and I didn't expect it and I never even knew it would take me this other direction. So yep. what do we want to do with this opportunity? That's, 
what, what I would say. Yeah. Okay. Now, so those who are in these communities and they're racking their brains trying to think of ways to let people know they exist and to draw people to them, to let people know not only that they exist, but that they are open for business and that they're ready and waiting um, for, for business to come in their doors. What would you suggest they do first? Would they, should they check what's going on with their website? Is their website up to date? Should they be, I mean, I know what my answer is. I'm asking what I, your I would do. A, I would do something more PR related. I would, I think, I think website is too small. Advertising is too small. Social media is too small. I think that if you are in a community where the community could all benefit together, you call a meeting, you open up your doors, you come up with an idea, you figure out whatever you need to do. Because one, especially, you know, you know, the, the, the fires may have moved on, the media may have moved on, but people are still affected by it. So you figure out your PR extravaganza or whatever it is that you're going to do to give people a reason to come there. Maybe you're going to suggest, hey, Australia, you got screwed out of six weeks of vacation. I want you to take two more weeks because we are creating a new, you know, winter vacation now. It's, it's, called, it's called winter vacation in March and it's amazing. And you will come <laughs> and you will love it. And it is amazing because, because those stupid fires stole all your vacation from you. You know, you need a vacation from your vacation. Like, yes. like this is just old fashioned PR. Create a reason to come, have a lobster fest, do a shrimp thing, do in, invite someone to do a, a new thing, have a live band. Like, Again, it's, it's, it's tourism. It's a reason to come. Mm. But if you're the shop mm -hmm. owner or the, the person around people who don't want to do that, now is the time where I'd say, great, you know what? There, there were 10 um, of my competitors on this neighborhood. People aren't showing up. So now how do I beat those 10 competitors even more? Because they're busy and mm. they're busy getting, you know, depressed and sad. And what do I do and how do I do it? Now's your chance to try and steal as much market share from these people as possible. So mm. Yes, you can do sales. Um, you know, if it's retail, you can you can have events. You can invite people in. You can have I don't know, hot dog eating contests. You can do social media. You can do advertising. But but it's just it's always going to come back to give people a reason to come. Like I mm. like it, that's what it's going to be about. Yeah, yeah. I like the idea of people rallying together, and and even on a really practical level, people rallying together and throw, throwing you know, some weight behind their joined forces to perhaps engage a PR person for their community. You know, and this is where local chambers of commerce and local councils and, um, well, and business grants, business. all of those things. Any good PR person would do it for free. This is true. Yes. I wish I knew yes. a PR person because I don't, because then I could put some pressure on. <laughs> so come on, we're going to Malibu. Where, like, so, so we, we do lots of pro bono work. As, as an agency. And I have clients come to me and they go, I got $4,000. And I go, listen, I can't take your money. I can't take your money. $4,000 isn't enough to do anything. What you want is $30,000. I'm going to give you the $30,000 for free because if I'm doing this pro bono, I can then lean on people else to do a pro bono and your pro bono. We all know we're pro bono. We all know we're in this because it's a good cause. Yeah. yeah. Somehow just taking that little bit of money tarnishes it. And I want goodwill. I want to leverage goodwill. Now yeah. is the time also. When I say don't be passive, don't wait for someone else to come in and save you. Like now is also the time not to be proud. Mm. Now is the time to leverage that goodwill. To, so that way, if you have a three-month or six-month or 12-month window that you need to get through, this is not a time for ego. This is not a time mm. to be proud. This is a time to say, 
listen, I, I only have three months worth of runway left. What are we going to do to make, like, like now is the time to actually make this happen. Yeah. I, I think, you know, from my perspective too, um, I was looking at, it might've been the empty Esky Facebook page yesterday and stumbled across Falls Creek is known for a ski, a ski resort here in Victoria. Um, and of course it's the middle of summer here. Um, and Falls Creek had put something out on their Facebook page about being open for business, but also Falls Creek being a great place to go in the summertime. You, know, you can roll down the hills if you want to. <laughs> But, you know, in my business, I'm running workshops, I'm running retreats, I'm running all sorts of things all across the year. And immediately my mind went to, why can I not host things in towns affected by bushfires? So, you know, that little right, idea is also... You're, you're, a thoughtful, you're a thoughtful and compassionate and caring person. Mm. My mm. mind would so, go, oh, oh, False Creek, that's cool. And I go to Google and I'd be like, oh, it's an hour, 15 minutes now. Never mind. I'm it's, gonna, four, it's a four hour drive. Four and a half hours. Four hours? Yeah. yeah. But, you know, Australia's big. Uh, also, it's Canada. Um, Canada's big, yes. Yeah, Canada's big. So, I guess my thinking, though, is that, yeah, I, I'm aware that there are many, many good hearts and good souls here in Australia. People frustrated because they can't, they feel they can't do anything to help. I think that the, you know, the empty esky thing's a great idea for a weekend away, but that's not the big spend. Like how much money are you going to spend filling your esky with cheese and biscuits and things? I mean, not an awful lot of money, but there are businesses that could do a big spend. They could take their annual staff conference to somewhere like Eden or Mallacoota or Falls Creek or wherever. Um, and I think that's also part of the conversation is let's think smarter about how as businesses in unaffected fires, we can support our fellow business owners in fire affected communities. I'm thinking on the fly it's here. Top, I'm sure you can top tell. Of mind now, top of mind now, you know, like I think of yeah. the hurricane, you know, in, in Louisiana, right? New Orleans. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, people rallied and they didn't. I, I think of Haiti. People rallied and then they didn't. Yeah. Um, you know, you think of Puerto Rico, right? We know someone who's in Puerto Rico right now. 2017 was the hurricane, still affected by it. Yeah. Um, the, the, the issue I have with tapping into just like people's heart is not only is the media faded, but honestly, you know, six months from now, uh, like like the, the number of people who still think about this mm. on the daily mm. or who are willing to drive four hours for a conference just because this town was affected by it will continue to shrink and shrink and shrink. Yeah. So, yeah. You, you know, again, we can't be passive about it. We need to, you, I, don't, I don't know what else to say other than, other than take as much action as you can and focus on the big yeah. domino things, not the little tiny incremental improvements because you're not going to yeah. see a payoff for 12 months or 14 months anyway. Yeah, that's is right. And and the effects of fires, I, I remember after the 2013 fires in Tasmania, um, you know, I was in communication with a woman who, who had, um, um, for a couple of years afterwards, you know, every now and then, you know, she and I would catch up and, and just hearing her talking about how her community was still affected by that. Um, Years later, you know, it took however long it took for the school to be rebuilt, you know, all just practical, practical things like this. Um, and, and I think that, you know, those of us not living in those communities, we don't see that. Uh, when I set up 
the outreach practice that I had in off in, in Tribuna on the east coast of Tasmania, that town was in the grips of, of depression in terms of uh, its economic status. It had been a thriving town full of um, people who worked in the logging industry. And <laughs> when that industry changed and that work wasn't available anymore, they went from having, you know, hairdressers and dress shops and electricians and furniture stores and all of that stuff to crickets in their main street. And, you know, so these towns have a long way to go in terms of the, the big picture. And but, but I guess you're, you're going to, we're going to bounce back. If, if you're a tourism town, if you're a tourism town, you will be a tourism town. There will be, be next summer. Yeah. The shore's yeah, not yeah, going yeah. anywhere. This is, a, this is a window of time. Mm. Uh, you know, in Toronto, we had this thing called SARS back in 2002, 2003. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, yeah. Right. Our, our tourism industry took a hammering for a year and a half, maybe. Mm. A year, yep. a year and a half, it affected us. You know, we had this other thing in Toronto called Rob Ford. I don't know if, if people in Australia ever heard of Mayor Rob Ford. You know, he he was Donald Trump before Donald Trump was oh, the president. Right. Yeah. He was, was, he was, he, he's passed, unfortunately, but he was uh, a very loud, very boisterous, over the top type of person who, while in office, admitted that he mm. did cocaine and crack and that he hung out with drug dealers and he was a giant embarrassment. He went on Jimmy Kimmel and for, for a four year window, not very much mm. got done. Mm. And guess what happened right afterwards? We hired a very progressive, moderate person who's been in office for now like seven years or something and you never hear of him and mm. things just go on after Donald Trump, things will go on after yeah. this fire in a few years, those affected will always be affected. Those who yeah, were scared yeah, yeah. and terrified and watched their house burn down will always be, but as a community, it will go on. So you just need to figure out how to, how to keep the enough runway to be able to be there on the other side. So mm. that way you can be one of the people who made it. That's right. I think I think there's also you know the one word action just really does sum up what what needs to happen. So those business owners now, who I, I think there's going to be a little bit of um, overthinking around can I market my business given that people have lost their homes. Like I think there's going to be a little bit of that overthinking around what they should be doing right now. I think that there's an opportunity for people to start taking action do things they've never done before, overcome the fear of putting themselves out there on social media and all the places and mm -hmm. build so that build that momentum so that they perhaps can recoup some of the losses while we've still got warm weather. There are still weekends. There are still long weekends um, for the rest of summer. Um, maybe even build up, as you're saying, build up something else in addition, like some kind of festival or a winter thing or whatever it is so that then they're well-placed for next summer. Um, mm -hmm. I think um, that's now really if this happens advice. again, if it happens again and again and again, now that's when you really start to take it on the chin, right? Yeah, and I think that's where there's a lot of fear. And that's, you know, that's been the, 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 the I was going to say the climate of the conversation. It's all been about climate change and are we doing enough and, are our leaders doing enough and individually are we doing enough? That's a big picture conversation. Um, and the prediction is, yes, we will have more of these types of fires into the future. Um, so we really do as a nation and well, as a planet, but, um, you know, in particular talking about Australia, we do need to start thinking about how we manage this um, going forward. 
but that's you know that's really big picture thinking as well and I don't think people I'm noticing people are uh, taking immediate action in terms of changing their own their own carbon footprint and all of that sort of stuff um, but in terms of you know people immediately affected that's so big picture they're, they're still here like the fire is still here in their mind you know they're in, in immediate immediate management mode and that's the stuff I want to help them tap into okay there's nothing like taking action and regaining your power and regaining control over your situation whatever it is what elements of it that you can control to help you recover from something major like this so you know but but all I would say maybe Evan said the same thing is that this is on your heart enough to be thinking about it for a bunch of days and talking about it a bunch you, you got to get in your car tomorrow or tonight yeah. uh, and drive up there and just see, just talk to the yeah. people, just see what's going on. Just let this sit with you, Sp- you know, spend some money, feel good. All that stuff's fine. Mm. But, yeah. but mostly it's like, it's like you might get there and be like, Oh, you know what? It's not, it's not as bad as the media made it seem actually. All these people seem to be fine or who knows? Yeah. Who, yeah. who knows? So I would say, go leave your kids, go alone. Right, Have right. fun. <laughs> Go alone. Yeah, no, I, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I, w- I would, yes. No, 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 we'll see. You will do Oh, it. no, 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 no. Like, you know, there are actual practicalities. Like, are there accommodations? Like, this is what I mean about businesses letting people know that they're open for business. Like, are there actually accommodation places, all that sort of stuff? Right? Yeah, I know. I know. I know. That's right. That's what I mean. We will see what's available. We need oh, to look okay. on the, we don't need to ring them up because we can look on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> but you could available. also just call them and say so I only found out yesterday that I only found out yesterday that the Malakuta Road is open. So right. you know, like it is really new information. So absolutely, you know, it, if people are going to do something this weekend and there's accommodation you available, there. you could fly. You there. cannot fly. You can't fly to Malakuta. Do they not um, have an airport? I doubt it. Maybe they not have a, a local, they, not even they a local might have a, yeah, they might have a little local airstrip. I don't know. Great. So you can rent, you can charter a little tiny plane and you can fly there. Oh gosh. I'm not flying to Malakuta on a tiny plane. But think about what an amazing story that would be. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. I, 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 think, gotta, I gotta figure I think, this out. Let me look at, let me look on a map real quick. Malakuta. Okay. Malakuta. M A L A C O T A. Yeah, Malakuta, right near uh, Genio Gypsy Point. Uh, I don't know. That's what Google's telling me. And where are you? I'm in Melbourne. I'm right in the middle Melbourne. of Melbourne. In, yeah. Oh my goodness, that is halfway between Melbourne and Sydney. That's really far away. <laughs> is it not? That's a layer. Yeah, you could just type what's the travel time between Melbourne and Malakuta. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Six hours by car. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. No, eight, oh, this is by train. Eight, uh, by bus, it's eight hours and 49 minutes. Yeah, yeah. you should definitely fly there. So you see so when I say we'll see, these are reasons. Closer? Is there any town that you want to help that's a little more convenient? This is why I'm looking at online ways of helping people and why I want How to bring Geelong the... Geelong doing? Is Geelong Geelong, okay? Geelong, is Geelong, Geelong fine. Okay? Geelong oh. fine. Uh, was 
Ballarat affected? Uh, Ballarat was not affected, no. Not to my knowledge. Closest, <laughs> what's the closest affected town that you want to help? Oh, look, probably the Gippsland region. Uh, Bendigo, dude. Bendigo. Yeah. Oh, Bendigo. Okay, I thought it was Bendigo. We could, spend a whole, we could spend a whole podcast episode getting you to pronounce Australian town names. I, I love it. You do, know, you do know that Evan made fun of me on a previous episode of our podcast. And then a, a language coach was in the chat who booked me for a 30-minute I saw that, actually. That we recorded. That's hilarious. Unfortunately failed, where all I did was try to pronounce words, and I did a horrible job. Mm. Okay, so it's not Bendigo. It's Bendigo. Oh, Fine. Bendigo. Bendigo. Yeah. Okay. Do you sound almost Australian, I think? How's uh, Tralogon? Tralogon. Tralogon. Tralogon? You just skipped a whole More bunch of letters. How's Tralogon? Yeah, I know. We do that in Australia. You know, we take the fast road. Um, Tralogon is actually in the Gippsland region, I think. Gosh, I'm going to have to consult a map. I'm having a brain fart. But it's, it's, um, uh, if it's in Gippsland region. It's to Mal Malakuta. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Traugen. Now, bless you, possum. Uh, yeah, so the Gippsland region has had, you know, major fires. So um, I'm going to go and consult a map and have do a little radius. But this is this is the point. This is the point is that yes, I could do a road trip. Yes, that that would that would be visually interesting. And uh, but it doesn't get to the nub of of providing immediate assistance to people who actually could be having a conversation with me today or having, a, uh, you know, a group call with me tomorrow or, you know, getting some insights into how to get their social media and PR and all that stuff happening today. So um, road trips are great. Australia's big. Um, you know, so, so yes, I'd love to. There's an airport. There's an airport just so you know. Where? It's the, Where? Uh, it's the Melakuta Aerodrome. <laughs> oh, that Just sounds encouraging. Yeah, yeah runway really... 18 and 36 is about a kilometer long. It's about 18 meters wide. So okay. just so you know, there's also an unsealed runway there as well in case, in case you're interested. Uh, yeah, that, that doesn't, yeah, great. Thanks for that. Yeah. You're welcome. Have, the Melakuta have... Aerodrome. Anywho, back to practicalities of getting people together online, which I think, you know, is something that I can do today. You know, that's stuff that I can do today. Okay. Yeah. Did we talk, did we win or did we lose this podcast? I think we won this podcast. I think we won. Yeah, I think, I think okay. we talked about practical things that help people in the practical situation, the real life situation. Um, whether or not I get in a car and drive anywhere is kind of not the point of the conversation. Um, I think we really definitely discuss some things that are of use to people. And, and I hope that gets the ball rolling. Next time I talk to you, we'll see what else has happened because I think that's you know, the start of the next stage. Love it. Awesome. I love it too. Awesome. All right. We will say ciao to our podcast audience. Thank you for being such great audience members. Um, and we will talk to you next time. We're catching up every two weeks, so we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Be good, be safe, be brave. Think big, be bold, say yes. yes. There you go. <laughs>